0: Welcome, this is EIG, Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Hello and happy Sunday morning to everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, where our goal is to provide information about people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. With the hopes of of inspiring you to create your own impact in some way either in your community your place of business or right in your own home i'm your host jill economo and i'm the director of community outreach at ellen becker investment group we recently had a self-care day here at the office where eig started us out in the morning with providing everyone with a healthy smoothie it was really really good and then we had two different mindfulness and relaxation seminars that we could attend and then we could sign up for a 15 minute chair massage at some point throughout the day. EIG has also hired a health consultant for employees to visit with during business hours and also a chiropractor. So it's no wonder we were voted as one of the top places to work. Um, Self-care has never been more important and EIG recognizes this and it's important that we as individuals do as well. Self-care used to be considered a luxury that you could sometimes participate in. Well, there's evidence to support the importance of committing to self-care often, which will help preserve your ability to rise to the challenge of our crazy, chaotic world. I was doing some research prior to this interview, and I found that there were five basic dimensions of self-care. Physical, emotional, social, mental, and spiritual. And in order to be considered quote unquote well, it's imperative for none of these areas to be neglected. But we know that there's been a spike in mental health concerns, especially in the last few years as a result of the pandemic. Now there's not enough time to do a deep dive into all five dimensions, so we're going to focus on mental health in particular on today's show. And we're going to talk about some basic skills and foundational tools to use to help yourself or someone you know who may be struggling with self-care in the area of mental health. My first guest today is Deanna Marinzik, founder of Gals on the Go Project, which is a foundation that provides mental health services to the community and schools, specializing in the areas of prevention, resiliency and healing welcome to the show today Deanna
2: thank you so much for having
1: me you're welcome we're excited you're here to hear about a topic that has been talked about quite quite often lately Um, but give us a little history first about Deanna and what actually led you to start this gals on the go project sure
2: Um, I am a licensed clinical um, psychotherapist I've been practicing for the past 25 years Um, I started my um, work history in the mental health field in psychiatric hospital and hospice and different clinics and I've always had a passion for wanting to help families due to my own experience Um, my family has had a a history of addiction and mental health issues and when I was working in those facilities um, and with kids especially in families I found that we really as a society are very crisis with getting help and I felt that for myself and my family what I needed was someone to walk alongside with with me and help give me tools and help me with creating my sense of self and healthy coping skills so um, after my brother um, who was battling with mental health he passed away of a heroin um, overdose in 2012 I just made it my mission and passion to want to give back and so I created curriculum on different programs to help youth and families to be able to give them the tools to help create a sense of self, help with leadership and resiliency, or what we call grit, those things of helping them with the tools to be able to work through issues, communication and um, relationship building, and also just really appreciating appreciating their gifts and their strengths. Um, So I opened a mental health clinic, GALS Institute in 2015, and did those programs that I started there and then found the need that it needed to get more out in the community and the schools. So with building partnerships with schools and in the community, we just started having workshops, and these workshops were focused on different areas to be able to help with prevention and starting a foundation of tools um, for kids to be able to utilize and their family to utilize.
1: Well, uh, first of all, I'm, I want to say I'm sorry for the loss of okay. your brother. I'm sure that that was very difficult. And um, it's just it's you're using your skill set and your experience then to turn around and make a difference in the community, which that's the type of thing that we really want to highlight. Um, what What is the Gals on the Go Project's mission? And what are the goals related to supporting this current rise in mental health struggles
2: in our community? Sure. So Gals on the Go project mission um, provides prevention and resiliency building workshops and events to adolescents and families held in the community and school settings. Uh, We provide resiliency workshops that are facilitated by licensed clinical staff committed to the emotional care of adolescents and youth. Programs include um, building healthy relationships, healthy body image, um, anti-bullying and empathy building anxiety is a big one as we know that right now i just saw on the news that anxiety screening is now being recommended for kids as young as eight years old Mm. and so we are seeing in the mental health clinic side a big spike with kids especially the post-pandemic of the need of services to help kids with being able to work through some of those things that they're going through
1: yeah
2: now are you
1: only providing uh, this assistance or these workshops in schools in
2: Waukesha County um, right now we do but okay. we have sent um, and market our programs to all around so we get them from all over but the schools that we partner with are really mostly in the Waukesha County um, those programs are usually three hours or more it depends on the needs we tailor them to the ages uh, the schools bring us bring in we have um, set up that schools can apply for scholarships and we bring the programs to them and then we host programs in the community and open it up to the community members as well. So so since you
1: started the foundation, the Gals on the Go project um, in 2017, how many workshops or how many schools would you say that you've serviced? Oh,
2: goodness. I know that um, our number of how many people we've impacted in families are about 1,500.
1: Wow. Um, okay.
2: The biggest spike was right before the pandemic. We really had a lot of momentum. We were having programs scheduled. We had a full uh, facilitator group. We were very, very active. When the pandemic happened, I spent my time on lockdown um, creating one of our programs into a virtual workshop in a box. So almost like something that you get like a stitch fix or those kind of items. A family would register. It's only $20 for the shipping or else we will drop it off and then there's no charge. And inside that box is um, a workbook and all the art supplies for six weeks as well as a virtual mentor. Mm. And then those kids and the families, and in that workbook, gives them tools, additional things, and lots of art. So our workshops are interactive, fast-paced, and really appeal to kids.
1: Mm. Well, and I imagine, as you said, since the lockdown or since the pandemic started, this is probably even more needed in our community. And yeah. so, yeah, it's which is unfortunate, but it's it's – Nice for people to know that these resources exist now and that the different things that you're doing Um, Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but stay tuned because when we return We're going to learn more about what specifically you can expect from a gals on the go project workshop So stay tuned and we'll be right back
0: Thanks for tuning in this is EIG Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN
1: welcome back I'm your host Jill Economo and I'm talking with Diana Marinzik, who is the founder of gals on the go project and we've also welcomed to our interview today uh, a young gal by the name of Marina Evans who is a student at Arrowhead and she is an ambassador Uh, with Gals on the Go and she is involved with the workshops. So welcome to the show today as well, Marina. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, Actually, Deanna, why don't you give us a little bit more 411 on the (laughs) Gals on the Go Project workshops. You know, what do you offer for kids and families?
2: Sure. So um, all of our workshops are tailored, again, um, around just the social-emotional learning and resiliency Um, We do a lot of different activities. Some of the programs we have is Calm, Cool, Capable. Again, that's really focused on the anxiety reduction. Um, As well as um, I Am, I Can, I Will, which is great for girls ages 6 and up. That one is really focused on that self-esteem, leadership, self-worth, challenging a lot of the negative um, cognitions that girls have. Also helps with relationships that mean girls. I call them frenemies, right? So we do a lot of programming with that and how to help them being a good friend to themselves and to others with boundaries and limits and being an upstander rather than a bystander um, and really creating empathy for walking in other people's shoes. We also do a family program, Journey to Resiliency, that goes into the community and schools. That is really about um, learning about anxiety, ADHD, and mental health. And we have our nurse practitioner, Terry Alm, that speaks about the brain and just helping give parents tools and education about what's going on with their kids. You know, kids, there's a lot today that um, teens and youth are dealing with than when we were younger. Um, and so really helping with that, giving those resources. We also have a, a great program, Beauty Inside and Out and that one is really focused on with self-esteem and self-body image so I do specialize with eating disorders so I really wanted to make that as well as being a girl that struggled with that with my self-esteem with growing up in the family um, really making sure that girls have the tools inside and out to take care of themselves and feel good and and confident Um, we also have a leap into leadership program that is great that really helps kids with again just being leaders and really helping work through conflict resolution and looking at their future and really challenging that all-or-nothing thought process, that imperfectionistic tendencies that some kids were seeing today, that, that definitely leads into some of the anxiety. A lot of our programs touch on the hot topics, social media, mm. right, those things, um, the pressures that they're experiencing um, and just really working on, on how do you make relationships today with all of the social media and the way that they engage and interact.
1: Yeah, and safety, I would imagine. Yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yep. And we partner with a lot of organ- other organizations to help with sending those messages, and that's really important for us. We really want that there's so many great organizations out there that share resources, and so we really partner with those as well. Yeah,
1: collaboration is is key. Not Absolutely, one can do it all. And Absolutely, it's, it's, you know, there's something out there for everyone to do. A lot of really great programs. You talk about this um, leadership program. Let's let's talk about that for just a little bit. Speaking of leaders. Uh, let's bring Marina into the conversation. So uh, Marina, you are an ambassador with the program. Why don't you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about your experience, why you wanted to get involved with Gals on the Go project and what do you
3: really do as an ambassador? Oh yeah, so like starting off, like what my role is as an ambassador, I all in all help spread the word about Gals on the Go project and I attend events, talk about experiences, volunteer opportunities and other opportunities to help um, other kids who struggled with what I did and encourage them to use all the skills taught in the workshops and in all the different events. Um, And all the events are super interactive and fun to attend with and help with, and it's just, it's so fun and so rewarding. Mm. So you experienced
1: a situation yourself where you wanted uh, or you had used some of the resources available through Gals on the Go project, and you thought it was a great thing, and so you got involved. Yeah. that's that's really one of the reasons why we do the show. Is there's so many great people doing great things out in the community, and people need to know about it because then it will resonate with them, and they'll say, "I want to get involved. I want to do something. I can offer some of my gifts and talents." so I can help somebody else. And it sounds like that's what you're doing, which is awesome, so kudos to you. Um, what kind of impact have you seen as an ambassador? And then maybe uh, Deanna, you can answer that too.
3: Right, so the workshops that our, that I partook in, like in my younger years, they really showed me how to come out of my shell and to learn how having anxiety is okay and many strategies I can use to overcome these challenges that I learned about. Um, Gals on the Go Project workshops taught me how to look inward and to work on just building myself up and learning different strategies and you know so many positive affirmations and messages that I can you know remind myself and others about. Um, they really help me focus on getting away from social media and school and like Dee said like frenemies and just to de-stress with fun healthy activities. Uh, Everyone who is a part of Gals on the Go project works so incredibly hard and make it really, really worth it for all the kids and like the workshops and events like really, really demonstrate that. And like today, even today as an ambassador, I use all these strategies that I've learned like journaling or whenever I catch myself saying something negative, like stopping and immediately like saying something positive out loud and then like finding two other ways to lift myself and others up during that day. And as you said, I'm now the ambassador, and I love volunteering at all the events and just giving back to the young girls who are now in all the workshops and, like, learning just what I did when I was younger. Mm. Well, you sound like a very
1: confident young woman, um, very pretty young gal, and I understand that you're involved in – In a play that is uh, gonna be uh, uh, coming to the stage soon at Arrowhead Mm -hmm. so I think it's important for our audience to understand that every uh, maybe not everybody but so many people struggle with anxiety Mm -hmm. you know what you see on the outside one might look at you and go she's a pretty young gal she's got it all going on what kind of problems could she have not realizing that nobody knows what's going on inside, yeah. and and that it's okay to reach out for help. And so I think being an advocate for that is is wonderful. So, again, kudos, kudos mm-hmm. to you. Um, I feel like I'm a proud mom. I, I imagine, <laughs> yes, you're, you're beaming over there. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've seen uh, in terms of impact?
2: Yeah, I mean, Marina is – just one of many I mean all of her sisters have her other two sisters have participated Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed to have their family be such a huge supporter of our organization from the ground up from the very beginning which has been um, awesome and it's been great to see some of the girls and the boys because we do boys as well I just want that to be known okay Um, that just will see me later on and be like I did one of your workshops and thank you and my goal with our workshops is like one thing, one tool afterwards, if they can leave away from. or just acknowledging that there is help out there. That's something that I felt like I was alone. I didn't know what was going on. And with my anxiety from being a child in a family of, of a lot of the chaos, it would have been really great to have someone like me at that time to have go through a group. and that's how I've stayed connected with Marina and, and the Evans family is, we have this um, connection now of being able to help send a message and help other people. Yeah, and everyone is different and unique in how they experience anxiety, and so, like you said, um, it's very important that that we honor that and that kids can have a place. And this is the first point I think of for families if they're wondering about. If their child is struggling, having them in a workshop because of the the staff that's that helps with those, we're able to identify that and be able to work with the family and give them resources for other organizations or other programs or services through Gals Institute. So, it's been um, really great for the community, hopefully, and
1: and very rewarding for you, I imagine. Yes, you know? yes. I think
2: well. if we can remove that stigma, yes, related
1: to whatever it is, you know. Um, anxiety, depression, uh, eating disorder, whatever it is, to say it's it's okay. Everybody has something, right? You know, I say that a lot. Everybody's got something going on. Um, if we recognize it and just say, okay, it is, it is what it is. Um, now let's try and figure out a solution.
2: Right. Prevention is the key. That's mm. our hashtag that we say. Prevention is the key. And for parents, I think a lot of it is the stigma. Is if there's something wrong with my child, what does that mean or say about me? Oh, sure, right? Yeah. I did something wrong, and that's not that's not the case, right? Um, I think as parents, we we should be utilizing all of the resources that we have, and this is just a resource and an ability to help with the foundation that's just going to support what parents say. Hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of the times when I'm doing therapy or we're at the workshops, kids will say, "Oh, yeah, my mom told me that." But when we're telling them that, or a teenager like Marina, that's why we really added and want to add more of the young adults yes, for sure. Because yeah. kids are like looking at her and saying, "I want to be like her," and she's saying, "I was there. I get it." Yeah, right? that peer-to-peer support
1: I would think is so, absolutely so right. important. Yeah, um, and I, I wish Arrowhead had this going on when my kids were going there because I think you know just the the resources and the help that's provided is is wonderful. Um, Before we end the interview, I think it's important for you to share, Deanna, what what your call to action would be. Like, what are your goals for the future and and how can others learn and support, I say gals on the go, but really it could be gals and guys, right? Because you you provide services to both. Um, uh, What can people do to support
2: you? Sure. Um, We are really looking to expand. Obviously, now we've been coming out of the pandemic, there's still so much need. Um, We are really looking for young adults, parents, educators who are wanting to support our mission of prevention and getting the message out. We are currently looking for um, volunteers for our workshops and facilitators, support facilitators. We're looking for board members. And we're looking for business partnerships um, in the way of sponsorship or in-kind to be able to help us. We've gotten some great support with the community, but we're really looking to move forward to be able to get more staff and expand and get the message out and be able to provide more. We're very grassroots and like I said prior to the pandemic we were really had full steam we've kind of just getting out of that and wanting to get back in the community and we need the resources and the help to do that so we're looking for um, volunteer uh, volunteers everything we're really take any support okay and as you said before
1: just just knowing that if you help one person yes. You know that, and we know that you've done more than that. But I mean, if if one person can be helped with, with the services that you provide, the resources you provide, or the direction, like you said, you may not have the answer. You but you can direct them to somebody who would be better prepared or or have other resources that can help them. So, yeah, I think the the idea that uh, you take a collaborative approach and understand that, you know, we're all in this together. You know, we can. Uh, that's from a musical, isn't it? We can oh yeah,
3: <laughs> high school musical. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, we're all in this together and we can all figure out a way that we can help each other, right? Yeah. yeah. and, and um, anyone can reach us through our, our website or our social media. that's another thing, sharing the information. Maybe you don't feel like your family needs it. But if you if they share it, uh, our workshops on, on Facebook or Instagram, um, looking at our website, galsonthegoproject.com, or reaching out to us at info at galsonthegoproject.com would be great um, just to see what opportunities there are for anyone.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you both. Thank you. Uh, Deanna thank you. Marinzek, founder of Gals on the Go Project, and Marina Evans, student at Arrowhead, who is an ambassador with Gals on the Go. So thank you both for being here and participating in the interview today. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. With mental health concerns like the things that Deanna talked about, anxiety, depression, we know that suicide is on the rise. A key component on your journey to recovery is the healing process, right? After our commercial break, we're going to learn about a nonprofit organization that focuses on this part of the journey. So don't go away, and we'll be right back
0: you're listening to eig milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host jill economo on news talk 1130 WISN.
1: welcome back to milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by ellen becker investment group i'm your host jill economo my next guest today is melissa minkley executive director of healing hearts of southeast wisconsin welcome to the show today melissa
4: Thank you, Jill, for inviting me.
1: You're welcome. Why don't we start out by having you tell us how you got involved in Healing Hearts?
4: I got involved with Healing Hearts um, early on in the very beginning as a volunteer. Um, I was working as a counselor in the community, and they had reached out to me, wanting to understand a little bit more about grief and what services are being offered in the community for children who are grieving. And so I stayed involved as a volunteer, and then I was hired on as the program director. And just three years ago, I was hired on as the executive director.
1: Okay. Well, well congratulations. That was a nice, uh, uh, a nice little stint that you had, and you moved through it quickly three years later, you said, right? Yes. Um, so have you had, like, a personal experience that connected you to this organization?
4: Yes, right away when um, I was approached um, about healing hearts, I um, reflected on my personal experience Uh, when I was eight years old uh, that summer. My brother was riding his bike in front of our house, was hit by a car, and was killed. And Mm. my family grieved, but we never mourned. That Mm. fall, I went to school, and I remember thinking, did anybody know what happened to me and my family? And I realized, we're from a small town. Of course, people know. But nobody acknowledged it, nobody said anything. So I always wondered, did anyone care? And Mm -hmm. Healing Hearts works really hard to make sure that children are well aware that um, people do care.
1: Yeah, wow, wow, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, I understand that Healing Hearts has been providing grief services since 2010. So help us to understand how it all got started.
4: There was a group of eight different organizations who um, came, came to the table and were talking about grief support for children and families. And they had recognized that there wasn't much out there in Waukesha County, and they wanted to start something. And they were wise enough to realize that um, a lot of families are grieving, not just a death but a variety of different losses so they chose to create a program that addressed um, grief um, due to death abandonment divorce incarceration a a variety of different um, experiences adversities um, that families are dealing with so the program is created to um, help support uh, families dealing with um, different types of losses so um Many people are familiar with grief as something we experience when
1: a loved one dies, right? Um, I've experienced that. Uh, and I felt very alone myself, and I was an adult. I was not a child. but i I felt at that time that nobody really understood what I was going through. And I can identify uh, with you when you say does does anybody even know what happened here? And I remember being at the funeral, um, my father's funeral, and, people laughing and I'm thinking why are you laughing do you not realize that I've lost the most impor- important person in my life at that time and I can imagine how that is just emphasized so much when you're a child I mean I, I just can't even imagine, uh, imagine so you know many are familiar with it as it relates to a loved one dying but Healing Hearts views grief as so much more than this right can can you explain? Healing Heart's understanding of grieving a loss?
4: Yes. Like you said, most of us um, reflect on grief being something we experience when somebody dies. But actually, grief is something we experience whenever there's a change. Whenever there's something that changes in our life, there is a loss attached to that. And we grieve a loss But with grief, that's internal. We only know what that feels like inside of us. And it can impact us mentally, emotionally, physically, cognitively, behaviorally, spiritually. So only you know what that feels like, what that looks like. It's unique to you. But in order to heal from our grief, we need to mourn. And mourning is when we take that and express it. Mm -hmm. When we connect with others and allow ourselves to process that grief. And that's what we do at Healing Hearts. We create opportunities for families to come together, for children to come together, and mourn their loss. So uh,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because um, I've not seen Healing Hearts in action. Give, give us an example. You know, can you share a story about uh, a child who may have benefited from some of the services that you offer?
4: Yeah, one of the neat things is that the children come together um, and they are divided up by age group, not by loss, but by age group. And they um, provide that peer-to-peer mu- mutual support with each other. So I remember one time working with a group of 8 year um, 8, eight and 9-year-olds, and we were talking about um, anger and how to appropriately express our anger. And it was just neat for the children to kind of talk about the different things that they do when they're angry and to say, you know, this is helpful, this is not helpful, this is okay to express, this is not okay. And just that that mutual support that the, the children are able to offer each other um, in a non judgmental way, it always amazes me at how um, empathetic they can be, mm, even yeah. though their stories are all so very different. Mm and they come from different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. they can be very empathetic with each other and be able to support each other and to talk about a topic like anger and acknowledge um, the different emotions that they're having um, in a way that isn't shaming or making them feel bad about it, but just being able to express it.
1: Yeah, and can you imagine what something like this would have done for you when you lost your, your brother? You know, you talk about feeling as if, you're alone and no one knows how can anybody possibly understand what I'm going through having be or being part of a peer support group I imagine is so helpful for anyone really but especially for young kids
4: yes acknowledging the loss um I always say, is half the battle, <laughs> and mm. it, it can do wonders. Once somebody's is loss is acknowledged, they're able to um, work through and process it. Sometimes we um, quickly want to dismiss, minimize, um, to get distracted from, um, and actually that does more harm than good. Mm. Grief is one of those things that requires attention. So pausing to pay attention to it, to acknowledge it, not only for ourselves, but for others, can do wonders.
1: Mm. Wow. Uh, Well, we talk so much about the importance of collaboration and partnership on our show, and we were talking about it with Gals on the Go Project and Deanna, that not one organization can do it themselves. You know, it's, it's important that we work together that we don't operate in a silo, right? And to know that, you know, there might not be something that we do well, but there's somebody else that can fill that gap, right? So Healing Hearts feels strongly about that as well, right? Um, stay tuned because after we take a commercial break, we're going to hear about a program that they have that addresses exactly that. So stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN.
1: Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this last segment with Melissa Minkley, who is the Executive Director of Healing Hearts of Southeast Wisconsin. So, uh, Melissa, you agree that having partners that support your mission is critical to sustainability, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, And you have something called a supporting partner that speaks to this issue. So tell us what a supporting partner is and what their role is.
4: Yes, Healing Hearts is a small nonprofit, and I always say we do a lot with very little and we're able to do this because of our supporting partners currently we have 35 supporting partners wow. and these okay. are we started with eight initially and now we're up to 35 and these are organizations. there it's wonderful <laughs> growth and um, these are in, these are individuals these are private corporations these are um, oh, orga- other organizations maybe churches funeral homes, hospices in the community that value the work that Healing Hearts does. So they assist with um, helping us promote our program, helping us recruit volunteers, um, helping us um, raise funds to support our budget, um, and they also make the dinners for us. Oh, how nice. So at, before every program, we serve a meal, okay. and uh, our supporting partners sign up um at least we encourage them at least once a year to serve us a meal and um, it's it's a wonderful uh, volunteer opportunity for them as well
1: do you have a physical space where you meet
4: yes currently we have three different sites one in uh, the city of Waukesha in Menominee Falls and in Oconomowoc. Uh-huh
1: okay and so for whatever reason can somebody if they choose someone that lives in Menominee Falls go out to Oconomowoc or vice versa or do you stick typically within your area?
4: No, there's no requirement. You can go wherever is convenient for you. Okay.
1: Um, So then how does one who is grieving get connected to your services? Can you walk us through that?
4: Yes. We try to make that um, as easy as possible to reach out to us and get connected. The best way is to um, go to our website, which is healingheartswisconsin.org. And on our website, uh, we list all our different programs at, uh, at the three different sites. And we have like a six-week program and a 12-week program for families. And um, you can sign up through there. You can send us an inquiry, and then we reach out to you, gather some more information about what your needs are, and then identify which program would best meet those needs. And you talk about no referral being... Right. Some people think they need a referral from um, their psychiatrist or their social worker or um, a a physician, but no, you can refer yourself to the program. Okay. And you serve families, young adults, adults
1: only, grandparents raising grandchildren. It kind of runs the gamut, right?
4: Yes, we do. Yes, we have have the family program. um, Like I mentioned, there's a 12-week and a six-week program. And then we also have um, the young adult program. So these are young adults um, ranging in ages from 19 to 30 who are also just grieving a loss, a variety of different losses, and they come together um, once a week. We offer both in-person and virtual, and they come together and just support each other with daily life challenges as a young adult. And then we also have a program for adults Adults who are grieving a loss, but they don't have children, oh, okay, and so that they meet once a week on on Tuesday evenings, either in person, virtual, and then we also do a walk and talk out in Walk. We walk around Fowler Lake and talk.
1: Oh, how nice! So. Since the pandemic, did you find that there was a lag in the services that you provided or an increase?
4: There was an increase. Um, We weren't able to meet face-to-face, so we did offer our programs uh, virtually, um, which kind of – made it difficult I think especially for the the children Um, it was harder to um, work with them virtually because they were already doing virtual all day long and then in the evening do it again so but the uh, the young adult program um, it was created because during the pandemic that was the number number one um, request we were getting the phone calls what we were getting were from young adults saying Mm -hmm. I need to connect with others so that's why we started that program As well as the adult only program Um, at that time we were also getting young uh, adults only um, reaching out to us saying you know I need to connect with others and um, so initially we were doing those virtually now we're doing them in person
1: okay I think it's great too that you offer services for grandparents because that (laughs) that demographic if you will or that that population that is they're raising their grandkids that's increasing so Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? I'm not a grandparent yet, but um, you know the the needs of a child are so different for a grandparent um, taking care of them as it would be a parent. So I imagine that that those services are increasing as well.
4: Yes, we do that in cooperation with Waukesha County um, Department of Health and Human Services. So the grandparents are able to come to, come together and support each other um, and learn um, information and, be, and edu- be educated on different topics that relate to what they're experiencing. And while they're doing that, the Healing Hearts volunteers work with the children, um, providing um, oh just different activities for them uh, to meet and connect. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of grandparents are finding themselves in that role, raising their grandchildren. And there's a variety of different reasons right. why, ranging mm-hmm. from a death to um, uh, substance abuse, addictions, uh, incarceration. incarceration. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, it's it's wonderful to know that there's a resource there that steps in the gap, right? So it's it's great. Um, before we leave, we'd like to hear from uh, from you, Melissa, what you think your call to action is. You know what what support does Healing Hearts need the most from your
4: community? Volunteers. Okay. <laughs> we in re- a <Any> word, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we. We are able to do what we do because of volunteers. Um, Those who facilitate our groups are volunteers. They're volunteer facilitators that um, go through a training program. So they do receive training, initial training and ongoing training to be able to serve in that role. So a typical Monday night um, in Waukesha, we have 12 groups meeting at one time. So each group requires at the minimum two volunteer facilitators. So that's a lot of volunteers that we need. Yeah, do the math. That just means a lot. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) to show up um, once a week for 12 weeks offering, um, you know, this care and compassion to children. Um, It's a wonderful role to play as a volunteer, and, um, yeah, we require a lot of them. So we're always looking for volunteers. We're always offering the volunteer training sessions. So all you have to do is go to our website to learn more about that and when the next uh, training session will be held.
1: Okay. Well, before we leave, uh, give us your contact information one more time. What's the best place for someone to go to learn more about Healing Hearts?
4: Our website, which is healingheartswisconsin.org. Okay. Wonderful.
1: Well, I want to thank all my guests today, Um, certainly Melissa Minkley, the Executive Director of Healing Hearts of Southeast Wisconsin, who we just uh, ended our interview with today. Thank you for being here. And also, Deanna Marinzik, founder of Gals on the Go Project. And our uh, surprise guest that we had, Marina Evans, who is a student at Arrowhead, who serves in an ambassador role with the organization. Thank you all uh, for all you do to help support and advocate for mental health and well-being. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today, or if you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can email me at Jill. At Ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community healthy, not only from a mental health standpoint, but also physically, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio. Or you can go to newstalk1130.com on your computer, and you can also listen on your cell phone via the iHeart Radio app. I encourage you to visit our website, EllenBecker.com, to listen to previously aired shows, and you can now listen on demand, which means Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So if you have an internet connection, you can listen to the show. So uh, my call to action for our listeners today is to place some much-needed importance. And priority on your self-care there may be one or more of the five areas mental physical emotional social and spiritual that really need attention take that time to discover how you can take good care of yourself so you can take good care of others also we'd ask that you share what you learned today with others so if mental health self-care is needed people will know about some of the resources that are available in our community Figure out how you can provide support, provide help and hope for someone in some way. And as a result, you will have found a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thank you for listening today and have a great day.